welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I am joined by my dad, Jack. How you doing today, Dad? I'm doing great, Todd. Good to hear your voice. Likewise. Happy Monday, the 3rd of May. We're into May already. You know what, what today is. It's my sister's birthday. That's right. Yeah, I can right. give her a call a little bit later. And she's yes. out my way. She's not close, but she's out my way. She's uh, uh, visiting Vegas this weekend. Yep. Yeah. So. I got got a text from her with a picture of the of the strip there. Look, mm-hmm. must have been out the hotel window or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Hope they have a good time and enjoy celebrating. Yeah. So, um, yep. so last time we met, there's been several things that have happened. They've started, uh, you can place orders, I guess, and they'll start showing up, uh, in a couple weeks, uh, some of the different devices that Apple announced, but one of the devices you could order and already has shipped and are in people's hands as of the 30th air tags were, were and, out and about. And, and you didn't get one yet, huh? No, I've got them. From Apple? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Yep. You didn't I, say that. Yeah, well, <laughs> you didn't ask. No, I hadn't gotten to it yet. But, yeah, I I, uh, I got a package of AirTags. I bought a four-pack, and um, I uh, two of them I have hooked up right now, and the other two are, are waiting. I haven't, haven't put them in places. One I put in my swim bag, which has all my swim gear that I take to swim meets and things like that. You know, it's clipboard and stopwatches and that kind of stuff and first aid kit um and you know enough stuff there that i don't want to lose it and uh and rather than buying one of those expensive like little dangly things to hook it on the outside i just put it in a pocket seemed to me like that was the smarter thing to do <laughs> just stick it in a pocket well i sent i i've just not too long ago sent you an article i don't know if you had a chance to look at it yet it was pretty lengthy and one of the guys' suggestion is you get out a drill and a little bit, and you can actually drill a hole through the plastic on the edge. Yeah, I've um, I, I actually had I didn't I didn't read that particular article, but I read another one about the fact that the guys at iFixit did that that they uh, uh, successfully drilled a hole through it and then put a metal hoop through it so that they could hang it onto a keychain without putting it into a uh, holder. I'm not going to drill into any of these things. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's I mean, there's no reason you should. At risk. <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, you can go through the the plastic. I don't see any reason why you couldn't. But um, and I don't honestly don't know why Apple didn't do it, other than it just you know doesn't look perfect to them. Well, they they want to sell you something to hold yeah. it, right? Yeah, I, <laughs> still ridiculous that they have you know a four hundred and sixty dollar Hermes tag holder. It's just that's that's just insane. It's like if you've got more money than sense, go ahead. But uh, no, in fact, uh, after I ordered them, I went online to Amazon and I bought a package of little silicone holders, um, and, like a two pack. And so I've got one of them attached to a keychain, and one of them yeah. I stuck in the bag. And then um, I'll put the other one on the keychain for my truck, but the or another one on my truck. But right now my truck's in the shop because I was getting some weird noises from the front end. I think I might have a bad um, wheel bearing. So. Uh-uh. Um, so it yeah. went in last week, so hopefully I'll get it back next day or two. Yeah. So. In fact, if the mechanic calls during the show, we're putting the show on hold while I take the call to find out what's going on with my car. But, <laughs> um, um, yeah, I'm not going to uh, drill any holes in any of the air tags, you know. It's there. 
Yeah. Well, remember I told you I changed out one battery, but I didn't do the other one. Yeah. Now the other one's hearing gone. Aids. Yeah. It, it, yep. It, it suddenly shut down. So I figured, hey, time for a new battery. Yeah. It, it always timed perfectly for the show, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and you know what? Unlike AirTags, your battery doesn't last a year. <laughs> At least yeah. that's what they claim. We'll see how long they actually last. My experience was that the um, the tiles and the and I've used trackers before, and I, I so I've had a tile, and I also had another one. I can't remember the name of the company that sold it, but um, I've had two different ones. And the other company, uh, like an AirTag, you could replace the battery in. And yeah. they were supposed to last a year, and they usually lasted somewhere between six and nine months. And the tile, which was the battery is sealed in, so you can't do anything with it, usually would last anywhere from 10 to 14 months. So they lasted a little longer. Um, but you had to throw them away and buy a new one. So, yeah. You know, six to one, half dozen of the other, right? Um, my my guess is that Apple's usually pretty good about their um, their uh, estimates on that kind of stuff. They tend to be very conservative, so it'll it'll probably last an hour, if not a little longer. Yeah. But uh, I'm, you know, that's as long as it warns you with enough time for you to like be able to find the thing, right? Because that's the problem: is the battery dies, and then you can't find it. You don't remember where it is at. Yeah. So, and that's yeah. the danger of the one that's not in the little tag holder, right? It's the one that I dropped into the pocket of the bag. It's yeah. like, great, it's in there somewhere. Maybe I think I think I put one in this bag. <laughs> you know, a year from now, well, going. Oh, I don't know. Well, that that article that I did send you on the tags uh, was from iFixit, and in mm-hmm. there also they show the battery that's in the. Uh, in right. the, uh, yeah, it's a CR2035 battery, um, uh, pretty common button battery that's available. And 2032, uh, it says here. Oh, I'm sorry, it's 2032. Yeah, and um, but again, it's it's a common battery. It's a you know, a little smaller than a quarter um, and a little thicker than a quarter. You know. Yeah. Anyway, they they do mention that apparently Apple is looking for some way, maybe in the future, to charge it uh, inductively. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, who knows? But the other thing I thought was really cool is that the little uh, noisemaker to find it is is actually a speaker, mm-hmm. <laughs> speaker coil. It sits there and rattles. Yep. So, anyway, it's a it was a really interesting article. I mean, they tore it down and figured out a lot of things. Yeah, so. uh, iFixit is really good about about sort of you know when they take something apart, being careful and telling you all the the sort of design features that went into it, you know, so you can see that it wasn't just, uh, you know, slapped together, that there was some engineering that went into it. And so they do their best to, to kind of yeah. share some of that. And it's always interesting. I always find it. I like, I like their teardowns, you know, when new, yeah. te- when new phones come out, they famously will have somebody in Australia. Cause that, you know, they, they hit the, the sale day 24 hours before we do, or, 20 hours before we do yeah and so they'll have somebody there getting one early so that they can start you know post the tear down and tell everybody what's going on yeah that's cool yeah yeah i like that too mm-hmm. uh, yeah i i like to understand the engineering behind it that's interesting to me and i know it's interesting to you i guess a lot of the world could care less but and, and it does appear to me that when they t- got the cap off to show the battery that that piece of plastic is more than just an edge around there it's a 
it's a big, fairly sturdy uh, uh, architecture that uh, I wouldn't even worry about the, too much about the drilling being a big, big deal. Although it, it does have tolerances, you know, there is a circuit board in there. Yeah, as long uh, as you're not hitting the actual electronics, you're probably okay. Um, but yeah, it, it actually, you know, I mean, I, like I said, I've had my hands on them and, and they're, they're pretty solidly built. I mean, that like the, um, the tile I always felt was pretty solid as well. Um, what, you know, well-designed and, and of course it was a sealed package. And so it had to be the, uh, the tracker that I had before. In fact, that was the brand name. Now that I'm remembering, it was called tracker, but no E. So it was T R A C K R, um, was you know, basically a piece of aluminum that was folded over and sandwiched like a little plastic ring in the middle. And then the button, the battery fit in that, in that middle, in that plastic part. And they were relatively flimsy. And in fact, uh, those that I had, uh, you know, for a year or more, by the time I got to the end of them, they were pretty beat up and didn't look in very good shape. Um, I get the sense that these little uh, air tags will probably be fine for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think I think they're they're kind of cool. I, I haven't ordered any yet because I've just been busy with other things. But yeah. I'll get around to it eventually. Of course, now there's a delay, maybe you know um, because of the back orders. But well, yeah, I don't whatever. know what the current uh, shipping time is for them. I'm looking right now to see if uh, uh, you go to it's it's funny because you know Apple lists they have their their system set up like by Mac, iPad, phones, watch. And the air tags are under phone because they uh-huh. are tied into the phone, I guess. Um, and you have to have it. So, like, yeah. a, a four-pack right now is uh, delivers June 9th to June 16th, if you ordered it yeah. today. Yeah, that's out there. So, anyway, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, uh, have you, have you uh, fi- found it yet using the, the Find It feature? Oh, I, one of the first things I did once I activated it was you know, go out and put it in my backpack and left that sitting in the living room and then went back to the bedroom and, and started looking for it. And uh, it uh, has that uh, feature where you can do the, the uh, directional finding, the, you know, the, yeah, the more, more yeah. specific thought, finding. You that have sounded to be, like a toy. <laughs> yeah, well, you have to be within range of that radio, which is like you know, uh, 30 feet or something like that. It's like 10 meters. Um, right. And so, um, you know, when I was at the other end of the house, it just, it didn't find it. It said it's in the house. But as I got closer to it, it suddenly it pops up and there's a little arrow and it literally points the direction you're walking. And if, you know, if you walk the wrong direction, it, it, it turns red and says, no, you're going wrong. And if you turn the right direction, the arrow turns green and, you know, and you're like warmer, 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 hot, hot, hot. You're there. Got me to within where it said I was within three feet of it. And then, uh. And then, uh, theoretically, I should find it. You had the option of making it make a noise at that point, too. So if you can't find it. I think you the idea ma- is great. You, you didn't make it make the noise, huh? Um, you know, I haven't. I didn't play around with making noises. I guess I should try that. Yeah, because they said they were kind of picky about the speaker sound. I don't uh-huh. know exactly what, what they meant by that. But, you know, Apple being Apple, they got to uh-huh. make it sound right. Yeah, absolutely. That's why it has a speaker instead of just a little, you know, tone generator, right? They want to get right. the right sound out of that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't done it, so I'll have to play around with that. Maybe um, maybe we'll uh, pause a second, and I'll run and get one, and I can test it live here on the on the show. We can see what it sounds like. Uh, yeah. So I'll do that here momentarily. We'll um, we'll give that a shot. But the um, 
I know that the, uh, uh, the, the finding thing seemed to work pretty well. What I thought would be interesting would be like if, um, you know, I'm not next to it. I haven't tested uh-huh. that yet, you know, where it's like being identified by somebody else's phone. I guess I could have done that while, uh, you know, while Elaine was sitting out in the living room next to where my bag was sitting. And uh-huh. uh, actually, she's sitting there right now. So let me let me uh, go to my Find My app. It says they use the plastic dome itself as the speaker diaphragm. Yeah. So that's, that sounds cool. <laughs> it's funny when you use the Find My app and sometimes, um, let's see, swim bag. Okay, so it says my swim bag and my house keys are actually out in the middle of the street in front of my house. Um, oh. <laughs> they better not be, huh? Ah, <laughs> uh, here's the deal. So in order for it to be picked up by somebody else's phone, I have to put it in lost mode. Oh. So I can put it in lost mode. I say enable. Okay. And what will happen? Notify me when it's been found. Uh this item is linked to your Apple ID, so no one else can pair to it. Uh, I can leave a phone number or a message so that uh, uh, it'll be displayed when they find them. So those are the three things that happen when you put it in lost mode. It'll notify you when it's been Id- identified somewhere. It'll pairing lock so nobody else can pair to it. And the fo- Meaning if I don't put it in lost mode, somebody else can pair to it. So if they find it and pair to it, and take it, basically steal it from me before I put it in lost mode, then it's lost? That doesn't. That seems weird. Hmm. I'm not quite sure exactly what that means, that it puts a pairing lock on it. There should be, if it's already paired hmm. to me, then it should have a pairing lock on it automatically, right? What I would think? think so. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I'll say continue. 9512837264. Uh, Next. Okay, I can't change the message, so let me hit activate. Okay, so it's in pairing mode. Now, it's probably going to immediately then ding and notify my wife. Huh. And she's going to go, what the heck, a stupid thing. Well, your bag's making noise. <laughs> in a minute, she's going to text me or she's going to come in here and knock on the door and go, your bag's making noise. I don't know why your bag's making noise. Oh, when you said it was lost, it automatically goes into noise making? Uh, I think it does. Oh. Are you there? Well, I'm, you like you suddenly your to... sound faded significantly. Oh, I'm here. Fine. Yeah. No, I, I haven't noticed anything on you. In your voice. Okay. Anyway, so Elaine's uh, might be where the, the other tag is or something. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, she's she's sitting in the living room, and my bag is sitting about three feet from her, and I'm sitting in my studio, so I'm, you know, ah, outside the house. Gotcha. And, well, I was trying to visualize the inside of doing. a Faraday cage, <laughs> essentially, so... Um, you yeah. might have difficulty working working with it out, uh, inside of your cage. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Oh, well, I know why. Uh, here, hold on. There's why my sound went down. 
I forgot. Okay, so um, when I when I use my um, zoom in on the with the video on my uh, on my uh, HomeKit cameras, most of them have a microphone and speaker on them as well, and so as soon as I focus on one video, then the sound from my system focuses on that device. Oh, and so I as soon as I launched it, I was now listening to that room that she was in. I got you. Yeah. Cause I was just looking, I was using the camera to look and see if she was, if she, where she was and, and confirm that she was in the room with the device. So hmm. we'll see. I don't know because she's part of my family. It may not uh, act lost. I don't know. We'll see what happens with it so far. Nothing. She didn't react at all. So I don't think it made any noise. Yeah, since you're both on the same Wi-Fi and all that, maybe it says, oh, it, it, it's not lost. You just said it was lost. Yeah, it's po <laughs> yeah, exactly. It may say, well, you think I'm lost, but I'm here in the house. But, you know, you would think, yeah. that, I mean, if I can't find it, then you're lost to me, right? So it should then make some sort of noise or something or come back to me and say, I'm right here. I'm, I'm not lost. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what are you thinking? Yeah, um, so there's... there's it's 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 a it's such an interesting thing because of the network technology and all of this. I I'm fascinated more just by the whole concept, you know, than than uh, actually tracking something. I'm I, I when I was sitting here looking at a thing, whether deciding whether to order or not, I couldn't think of any reason to use it. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I didn't order. Right. Just didn't well, to me and, I needed one. And the 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 place that I've used the the tracker type devices before has been on car keys. And on my swim bag, things that I carry out of the house that I want to make sure I have with me. And Maybe, I can right. think I can think of at least one instance where I was out of the house at uh, I was at swim practice and we had had some sort of a banquet or something like that. Um, and so uh, most of the people had left and I was loading up my car with a couple boxes that had like paper cups, and <laughs> you know, hot cocoa and stuff because it was a cold night. And so we had given hot cocoa to the kids or anyway. And then I get to get in my car. And, of course, my car's unlocked. I had keys, but I can't find them now. Somewhere my keys have disappeared. And, oh and and I'm looking everywhere. I mean, I'm going, you know, all over the pool deck. Did I drop them somewhere? Or they, you know, check all my pockets 15 times, check in my swim bag. I'm looking under the seats in the car. Where did these things go? Uh, finally, it dawns on me. Oh, wait a minute. I've got I've got a, a the tile attached to my keychain. So I go to my phone, launch the tile app, and it says they're right here. So, okay, they're right here. Because I had people helping me, too. And my, my thought was, is, oh, my gosh, I hope somebody else didn't walk off with my keys, not knowing that they had fallen into, you know, one of the boxes that they took or something. Right. And so I made – it said I had them there. So then I, then I could remotely, from the app, make the tile beep. And sure enough, they had fallen into one of the boxes in the back of my car. And so I, uh, you know, went and fished them out, and I was able to drive home. And, and you know, everybody else is already gone, right? I'm there by myself at night, you know. And I'm like, great. What do I do now? You know, the best solution would yeah. I, I would have had was call my wife and have her drive, you know, 20 miles to come get me and then 20 miles back home to bring me the spare set of keys. Yeah. Well, the thing I lose most is my iPhone. And what's really weird is the you'll never guess where I lose it, where, where it's actually at when I lose it. Oh, it's, it's in my shirt the, pocket. Oh, really? Oh, no, it's in your shirt in pocket. Shirt I thought you were going to say it slid down between the cushions no. of the couch. That's happened to me more than because, once. Well, I've, I've done that, too. But 
but the hardest one for me to find, and that's because for some reason, I don't often wear a, a shirt with pockets, okay? So I've never gotten the habit of putting it in a shirt pocket. I, I will put it in a jacket pocket or whatever, but then I'll put a jacket on over it or something, you know? And in, the, in that pocket, it doesn't have, you know, it's not tight fitting, so it, I don't feel it there, you know? Mm -hmm. Don't know it's there. And twice now, I've almost been in panic mode. Can't find my damn phone, you know? Yeah. So I've gone and I'm looking under the chair. You know, <laughs> you know, you know life, that if you, if you have your Mac or your iPad handy, you can use the Find My yeah. app to find your phone and make it make a noise. Well, that's, that's the way we did it the first time. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then I, then I laughed at myself. This is, this is crazy. Yeah, you it know? goes beep and you look <laughs> down and go, oh. <laughs> but, but. But I, I, I didn't learn my lesson from that well enough because it was mm -hmm. about two weeks later. I had forgotten that incident. Yeah. And I did it again. I did it again. Well, at least so you, now you have I'm a talking method. about it. So maybe. Yeah. You maybe know. you'll remember to look there first. Right. <laughs> but at least you'll have yeah, the, the, the you can do the find my. I had a similar incident just uh, just on 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 Friday. I was uh, coaching at a high school swim meet and um needed to write down my kids' times from something and couldn't find my glasses. And I was literally, they were on my face. I was looking through them. <laughs> and I was like, and, I, and I'm like, literally, I spent like, you know, 10 seconds. I mean, it didn't last long. I was like, oh my gosh, where are my glasses? And I'm like looking around. Yeah. And then I, luckily, I realized it before somebody like looked at me and went, coach, <laughs> uh, yeah. you, you realize well, they're on well, your face? Oftentimes people will tip them up and put them on their hair, you know. And right. You don't feel it there. Yeah. So well, mine wasn't. One. Mine wasn't even that stupid. They were. I was literally looking <laughs> through the glasses to find the glasses. What a ding dong! <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. It, and again, had it had it light bulb gone off, I would have gone. Oh, I can see everything clearly right yeah. now. They must be on my face. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Silly me. Yeah. yeah. We we do silly things. And, and yet we'll go find some more sophisticated ways to find things. But then you can't attach them to some of these things. I mean, how do you put a, a big tag like this on your glasses? <laughs> well, you'd hope you know, that when Apple so comes out with their smart glasses that have been rumored for a while that that'll be built in, right? Oh. Although there's no guarantee oh, because yeah. they just came out with a brand new remote for their Apple TV. And one of the things people lose more than anything else is their remotes. The and they remote. didn't put the U1 chip <laughs> in it. They didn't do yeah, it. Yeah, that's... It's, that like, just doesn't make any sense. What were you thinking, uh, Apple? That is the stupidest move ever. I mean, that's more stupid uh, than the other three stupid moves you made with stuff that was announced this time. Because I felt like well, they, they really did some, well, see, some bad, made some bad see, choices. There there'll be a lot of people who attribute that to they want you to tape one of them on one of the $29 devices on there if you yeah. lose your remote. Uh, so you'll learn your lesson, right? Right. Because Spend some money. Apple, who's so hyper-worried about making sure everything looks nicely, says, tape this big, ugly wart onto my... You know what? That should become a meme. Everybody should take a picture of their AirTag taped on with a big, giant piece of duct tape and, and post that online right. so that Apple now gets to have the, the ignominy of, uh, yeah, your stuff looks like crap because we had to fix it so that we it would do the things you should have made it do right from the get-go. Yeah. 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 Because <laughs> that'll embarrass their designers. It's like stupid design. Holy moly. I can't believe they did that. By the way, on the AirTags, yeah. too, you know, you can engrave. 
but they don't give you regular letters. You can just use a bunch of different um, uh, uh, emojis, and uh, they've got some of the emojis that you can use, but mostly it's uh, numbers. You can number them. Yeah. Or you can use yeah. letters, but you can only use, I think, up to four characters, so you can't put, like... It would seem to me like the handiest thing to do. This is actually what I tried to do. Is I said, "Oh, well, let me just type in my um, my phone number." Nope, too many letters won't won't fit on there. That we won't we won't type it that small. We only can print in one size, and we'll engrave on them in one size. And, well, they uh, and, made it they made it they made it smaller than at least the two things that were compared in this article: the uh, Tile Mate and the Galaxy Smart Tag. So yeah. it's smaller. Uh, and, and that inhibits the, the labeling if that's a big deal to somebody. But I don't understand why it would be because, to me, the digital identification is this is identifier, not physical identification, you know? Yeah. Well. Uh, did One of the things that when you buy a, a, a set of them, I would have hoped you could get one with every, every one of them different color. I mean, after all, it's just plastic, right? Yeah, no. Get a Apple red, blue, green. Only- only sells them in white and the engraving yeah. is only light gray on white because we at apple do not believe in making anything legible everything must be printed in yeah. light gray when printing on white so that you can't really read it yeah yeah so anyway yeah i chose to crazy, on, on, on my package of four i chose no engraving i would rather have no engraving than crappy engraving yeah you know, and and literally the only thing that I would want on a tag would be the phone number. To me, that's the only only reason you would put anything on a tag would be to put the phone number on there, because yeah, you can read it with your um, with your phone, whether it be Android or iPhone. You can read it with the NFC chip that's in there. But how many people are going to know if you just went to the random person on the street and said, "Show you know here here's this. Find out who owns it. Who's going to know to you put your phone up next to it and read it as an NFC chip?" Right. Nobody. No, most, nobody. You're yeah. right. I mean, it'd be nice if it said, you know, on the front, read this with your NFC, you know, hold your phone next to me or something like that. But you can't put that on there because that's more than four characters. So, yeah, you know, it, uh, the the little uh, chrome or stainless cap that covers the battery. What's mm-hmm. that made? It's got a little Apple insignia on it. Yeah. Uh, what's that? What's that made of? Is that plastic? It, no, that's stainless steel. So the plastic. Oh, it, so, you, it's a, so so you could take that off and engrave it with just with an engraver. Well, it's it has a, an, an apple right in the middle of it, which takes up most of the space, and then around the perimeter, well, right. it says it says ultra wideband AirTag designed by Apple in California, assembled in China, Bluetooth LE. That's what it says around the perimeter. But you, you can ignore that. I mean, you can put the name yeah. right over Apple if you want. But the very fact that they can write all that crap around the outside of the tag tells you that they had plenty of ability to write on the tag much more than four characters if they oh, would yeah. just let you. Yeah. Yeah. And and you've got the, the whole backside of it is, is blank and white. Again, I, you can go get your stupid label maker and rip, put whatever you want and stick it onto the the plain white side on the back side. And I think everybody should do that and then print picture, post pictures of it on social media. So, again, Apple can say, see, you know, your engraving is stupid. It doesn't do anything. We had to put labels on it to do what you should have done for us in the first place. I'm actually yeah. pretty irritated at Apple with some of their choices lately. Um, yeah. 
You know, they've so made a lot some, of people. They've made some great choices in terms of they're finally doing things that I think are are generally more functional over form. Because for a while, it was so bad that, you know, I couldn't even recommend an Apple device to somebody. But doing stupid things like not putting the Find My chip, the U2, U1 chip, in the remote is stupid. It's uh-huh. just stupid. And they took out all the motion sensing chips in that, so it's, it's cheaper to build. So why not add that chip back in so that I can now find the dumb remote? You know, I just – unconscionable how stupid that was. Um, and then, you know, again, the, you know, hey, yeah, we're going to let you put, uh, you know, the picture of a cat or something on your on your air tag, but or, – or a ghost or a unicorn or, you know, here's a puppy dog or a monkey or a pile of poo with a face on it. Um, that I can put on the air tag, but I can't actually put any useful information on the air tag because you've decided that I can only put four characters there. And so I've got to break yeah. out my little, my brother or my engraver and do it myself, which is dumb. You know, it's just like, come on, Apple, you went so close to getting it right. And then you just kind of brain farted. It's really, really irritating, yeah. really irritating to see something that is so close to being what would be like, wow, that's amazing. And now you go, wow, that's pretty cool. But, you know. And that's just that's the gut reaction to it, you know. Same thing with the new Mac, you know. I mean, I, I have said it multiple times. I think the colors are great. I think the sizing is great. Um, but and this is more aesthetic, and it's this is my opinion, you know. And I, I understand that you know it could be argued either way. But to still have the big uh, metal chin along underneath the screen is is ugly, and the white background is ugly. You know. Yeah. I don't want the metal chin, and I get it. That's where they put the computer, and they wanted it in the metal so that they could, you know, have better cooling and stuff and use the, the bottom of the screen as a heat sink. But they could have stuck all of the electronics and smarts in the stand, which is required anyway. Of course, then it, for the version that, that, the, uh, that they were going to sell for, because um, you can buy it as a Visa mount version too, you know, uh, that doesn't have yeah. the stand. And so then, then that wouldn't work. So you would have to – but, I mean, nobody cares if the thing is, you know uh, – three or four uh, millimeters thicker so that you can put the computer behind the screen. You do it in the iPad, the exact same processor sits in the iPad just fine, right behind the screen. So why do you have to have that chin along the bottom? It's ugly. It's ugly, ugly, ugly. (laughs) But they're selling just fine, Todd. I'm sure they're selling fine, but it's ugly, and and I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. I I just refuse to buy it. So... You know, you know, when they demonstrate that they could do it, you know, on a on an iPad, but they can't do it on on the on the Mac, which sits on a desk, it doesn't have to be thin and light. Again, that's like, hey, yeah. let's make it so, so thin so we can say how thin it is, as opposed to, hey, let's make it make more sense and look modern, you know, and they're going to say, oh, it looks so modern. It's so wonderful. And it's like, eh, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. You know, but that I get it. That's pretty minor, quite honestly, and I and I give them that. That's minor. Not putting the U chip in the remote is just, to me, almost unforgivable. That is just so bad, so bad. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, you know, having a an iPad Pro that has the exact same guts as the Mac, and and has a keyboard that you can snap it into that gives it a keyboard and a pointing device just like a Mac, but not letting it run the Mac OS is dumb too. And maybe in the next version yeah. of the iPad OS, they're going to surprise everybody by saying, hey, you now have a button on the screen. You can, you know, when your iPad Pro, maybe it's only the Pros, which would be fine. 
is attached to the um, magic keyboard that has the, the touchpad on it that you can push this button and it'll flip. And now you can run it as a Mac or as a iPad. And, and to me, that would be like the perfect device. You know, and I get it. The hardware has to exist before you can, you know, make software to run on it. So maybe that'll come. Yeah. But I wouldn't buy an iPad today expecting that to come because Apple doesn't do the expected thing. You know? Yeah. Well, I uh, want to kind of change subjects on you here, Todd. Because okay. I'm, exci- I'm getting excited about when I might get a new iPhone. I just haven't even thought about it up to this point. There's nothing on the horizon that that excites me and the new but purple today, one is what got you excited no <laughs> <laughs> no foldable is what got me excited right and in fact i saw two articles on yeah. different places today regarding foldables yeah and Bo- uh Ming chi has one, said that, that they it's in the pipeline so yeah 23 yeah fiscal year 23 is what he's saying Right. So that's about right for me, you know. I, that, mm-hmm. You know, then I'll have five G and foldable. And that's and interesting to the you. Foldable. Uh, well, not the one that I'm seeing on the article by BGR, uh, which shows a regular yeah. phone about the same size I have folding yeah. from the top down, so that you have a little square. Uh, yeah, boy genius piece. report. Yeah, and uh, but. That one isn't uh, appealing to me. I don't necessarily mind the size of the phone that I have right now, but there was another one by that was uh, shown. Uh, let's see, I go to the right place here. Uh, oh, here it is, and I believe this was in. Uh, oh shoot, uh, Mac r- rumors. Yeah, there's been Mac yeah. rumors. Or Mac had, rumors. Se- Several places have posted um, uh, things, and one of them basically looks like a flip phone, uh, like the old Motorola flip phones. So that, it's it's that's, it's that's a, the first. That's it's the, it's a current size phone. Yeah, current size phone that folds in half. The other one is a phone that's current size, but is then a, folds apart a, to make co- kind of a square yeah. looking tablet. Opens like a book. Yeah, a, a, or a like mini a tablet. Book. That 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 one appeals to me. Really, the mini tablet one does appeal to me more than the flip phone. Yeah, so, I think so. And I, I don't feel like, and maybe time will tell differently. But I look at both of those designs and go, neither of them is interesting to me, because I don't want well, a bigger phone. And in fact, if anything, I'm disappointed hearing that Apple has not been selling their mini really well, because I think that my next phone would be an iPhone mini. Um, you know, the phones just keep getting bigger and bigger, and I don't want that big of a thing in my pocket all the time. I've got a tablet. When I want to use it, I'll get it out. And then the rest of the time, I want something that's small and works for me and does basically what I need it to do. But I don't, you know, I'm not sitting and reading books off my phone. Um, and and well, if let, I do, let, it's for short periods of time while I'm standing in line somewhere. Yeah. Well, let, let me tell you my reasoning here is there's times when I don't have my big iPad with me because it's right. 12 inch, you know, it's, it's a big one. It's not a regular smaller one that most people get. Yeah, but it's too I big do. Too. I do. <laughs> I do find myself sitting in doctors' offices sometimes mm-hmm. with my phone, yeah. and I'm filling my some time away, you know. And uh, and my eyesight's not good, and the only way I can use anything that's readable uh, is to turn the phone sideways and hope that the app 
we'll flip it sideways and I'll get the text across the screen and then you, you just move it up a little bit, up and down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, but it's at least readable that way. Whereas if I flip this thing open, now I can kind of have a page that's readable up and down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so there, therein lies a bit of a solution. Furthermore, if you, if you want to show someone pictures on your phone, the pictures on the phone itself are just so damn small that that's not a suitable thing to show it. But if you had a thing like a mini iPad, hey, that's like a real picture, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm expecting certain, you know, software w- workings to go with that that will make it do the, you know, give you the benefit of having a foldable. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I understand and, the and benefits so, of it, but I, I have found that, like, on my phone, I've gone into settings and just increased the size of the font a little bit to make it more readable. And for the few times that I have to read it, it's fine for for short times. And I have to wear glasses in order to read it as well. I mean, I can't just read it without my glasses. Otherwise, I have to hold it real close to my face because um, my eyesight's now, bad enough that I, you know, I can't read without glasses. Now, now my other assumption with this foldable iPhone is that it, the foldable one uh, once it's folded out will not be as thick as a current one. And it should be that way because it can have battery distributed across both sides of the phone mm-hmm. so that it's thin, uh, thinner when it's folded out than when it's folded up. Right. So that when it's folded up, it is not gained in thick thickness. Yeah. You know, and, so and it now doesn't fit in your pocket. Current folding phones are all basically the same thickness as a current phone. So if you fold it, then it's twice as thick. Which, you know, quite honestly, thickness doesn't bother me as much as just the overall size of the phone and the weight of the phone. It's like these the current phones are heavy and big. You know, I have a uh, an uh, original version of the iPhone SE, which was the size of the iPhone five. And I remember to this day when I first picked one up, how I was shocked when I picked it up. In fact, I actually asked the guy, is this the actual phone or is this just a display? And and he told me, oh, that's the phone. It was because it was that light, and I miss that. I really do. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, the new phones are just well, big and heavy, and and, and well, so all, I'm looking for these, lighter and smaller. Yeah, all of these things matter, and that's why I, you know, it's only a hope at this point until I can put one in my hands because I'm not going to buy one of these, you know, from a picture. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna feel of it first and stick it in my pocket and pull it out sure. and all this stuff and see how see how well it works yeah. and try those try those two apps uh, one that's got text on it and see how that is and the phone the photo app yeah and see how it works yeah if, the, if all of that doesn't come together you know in a suitable shape and size then no i don't i don't see any reason to do it yeah but i can see the potential I, I, you know I can see the so, potential. It's just in in my experience thus far, they've been going the wrong way with this stuff for me. Yeah, you know. But my um, my assumption is is that if Apple does this, they they won't announce it unless it's done right. You know. Well, one will so, hope that they'll get it right. Um, as as I have said, they uh, in my opinion they have um, made some miscues, some miscalls on some of the stuff recently. So, you know, I mean, we'll the, t- time by, will tell. It seems like they're sort of the, getting it partially kind of, but not exactly, in, at least for my per- preferences. I learned something uh, in reading this article on the foldables, <clears throat> and that is they already have 
a technology that's foldable uh, that's in my uh, HomePod. And I didn't know it. You know, there's a little touch screen on top of it where you can just raise and lower the volume. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's got a little screen because it beeps at you and makes noises. Or it's makes kind of a useless little screen. But yeah, it's there. They could do it, it with just it, a touch surface. But, but <laughs> now, it, it's, 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 it's not a foldable surface, but they are using it on that device just as a test thing. See how, I guess, how, how well it works. They have any problems with it. And, which is kind of interesting, you know? Yeah, I've I read that they've done that things like that before, like, you know, the first OLED device that they did was the watch. So they tested it with the watch before they tried putting OLED onto phones because they sell, you know, billions of phones. Well, <laughs> or right. million, millions and millions of phones, I guess. They're, um, yeah, I think there's some, I read somewhere they're like at 1.2 billion phones now total, which really makes the Find My network useful, I guess. Um, but... Um, yeah, you know, it makes sense to take a much lower volume product and test some of your technology, both both the technology to produce it and then the the technology itself in the field and see how that goes, right? Right, right. So uh, anyway, it's kind of neat to, to read something like that, that there's a little bit of uh, testing going on on some of their products. Uh, the other thing you just now brought up leads me to, thoughts of another article I just uh, read this morning, and that is there's some uh, precursor announcements about new features of the uh, watch that uh, have basically three features, new detectors that uh, they don't mm -hmm. currently have. One of them would, would benefit one of my grandsons, who is uh, diabetic, uh, in the sense that it does the uh, sensing, although mm -hmm. uh, current diabetic technology also will meter out and actually feed the insulin yeah, automatically it'll, it'll part dose. of that. Although most so people, from what I've read, they say that they don't trust it to completely auto-dose, that, that you really should have it tell you, your, you know, warn you of your thing and then let you dose, uh, even if you yeah. have the auto-feeder so you don't have to continue to inject yourself. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I, I can agree that it's probably not working really well yet because we get, we get the monitor Right. Uh, uh, when he needs it. But anyway, uh, but uh, to, to the general public, a more important thing is a continuous uh, um, pr blood pressure monitor. Now, uh, my wife and I know a lot of other people uh, our age uh, take their blood pressure two or three times a day, but it changes. If you don't take mm -hmm. it under the sort of the same circumstances or time of day, like when you first wake up in the morning or whatever. Yeah then it's going to jump around, you know, and it will be meaningless to compare one day's to the next. Whereas if you have a continuous read, I don't know how often, but maybe every 20 minutes or something, whatever. Yeah. But you can at least see the trend uh, on a graph of what your heart does. And, and over time, uh, doctors, I think, will make, uh, make use of that in, in, uh, in lots of ways. It seems to me a, to be a potentially very useful uh, way to uh, monitor anyone that has any indication of heart problems for sure and maybe mm -hmm. some other diseases yeah and well, so, it's like it's uh, like the heart rate monitor right now you know it checks throughout the day and it'll tell you what your average resting heart rate is uh, and what the variability is the difference between you know one heartbeat and the next and if that variability gets too high it warns you 
Um, so yeah. you know, tracking and sensing more things is just going to give you more and more to uh, so information can, to be able to make decisions from. Right, and, and, and establishing a, a nice, easy way to gather all that data and put it together in a useful fashion seems to me to be the future of healthcare. I mean, yeah. it's just going to become the norm at some point. Yeah, is useful that in and order secure to fashion. Yeah, and you know. yeah, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. So, because you, know, you should have uh, control I'm, over who has access to that. If you want to share it with your doctor, you can, but you don't want that information being, you know, taken off your device and used for other by other people. Yeah, insurance companies especially. Yeah, well, but you know <laughs> that's going to come. I mean, there's insurance companies who could say we'll give you a discount if you just add us to your list of, and people are going to do it, right? Yeah. And then, and yeah, then, and then, then that then they'll, they'll cancel your insurance, right? Yeah, exactly. We'll give you a discount. <laughs> Uh, for sharing it. And then when we get the information, we go, oh, you're a higher risk. So we're going to raise your rate to higher than it was before we gave you the discount. You still get the discount. We're still giving you 10% off, but you're now in a different category because of information that we gathered. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's a, that's a touchy deal there. I would but, be shocked if some, if, if some of the insurance companies weren't trying to buy some of the health trackers. In fact, you know, it was, I thought it was interesting that, uh, you know, Google bought uh, Fitbit as opposed to, say, like, you know, a big health insurance company. Yeah. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, it suddenly got quiet. Anyway, I, I was going to say the other, the last monitor is the one that I think is going to cause the biggest issue right up front is blood alcohol monitoring. So, you know, if you're a drinker, if, you, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're at the bar, the the guy will say, well, you look like you're drunk. Prove you're not. You got to show them your watch. Yeah. <laughs> Blood alcohol is, yeah. Uh, is just fine, sir. Give me another well, drink. <laughs> you know what? I think that's going to um, also, it'll it'll make people much more aware of, you know, how what their blood alcohol really is, you know, because a lot of people go, oh, I don't right. feel like I'm drunk. Um, yeah. you know, and there are also a lot of people where they're going to say, well, you've had too many drinks and, and that person may not be, you know, because I think there's, you know, from what I've been able to read, and of course I'm not an expert, but I think there's a lot of variability there. Oh yeah. It depends how big your, how, how much body mass you have. Yeah. It's a combination of body mass and how, how functional and how, how well your, your kidneys and liver work. Right. So, yeah, it, I think it's going to be useful. A, a lot of things will be learned again about uh, yeah. various variations in people and for whatever. But, yeah. uh, you but know, there's a it, lot of those it, numbers you know, that we take for granted that we say, oh, that's what it is, you know, like the body temperature. And mm-hmm. one thing that um, I've learned, at least in in uh, during COVID times, is when kids come to practice, I, I have to log, I have to take their their temperature. Well, A, 98.6 mm-hmm. is not the average temperature of anybody on my swim team. Now, maybe it's because mm-hmm. they're young and healthy, but it's not my average temperature either because I take my temperature too. Uh, everybody's mm-hmm. temperature is between 96 and 97 most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I didn't know that. And I would say that that's uh, – I've seen a couple articles posted where they said that, yeah, the average human temperature has actually dropped. It's not – anywhere close to 98.6 anymore um now the ones that part of it could be also my thermometer but uh the 
co the guy that I coach with has his own thermometer, and he gets similar numbers to mine. So two different thermometers from two different companies getting similar types of numbers. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know. things change over time. One, one of the things that uh, I, I've been kind of interested in lately, and in fact am, am now using, is CBD. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of claims, of course, out there about that that I don't take with a grain of salt, you know. But nevertheless, uh, there's, there's some things that sound pretty dang promising. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of people who feel better. And so I've got this kind of a, a long-term pain issue with my feet. And I thought, you know, when you live with that for a long time, you, you're willing to try lots of things that you might not other try otherwise try if, if sure. something good comes of it. And so uh, uh, I've not been taking it long enough to report any you know significant changes yet. Right. But uh, I'm going to give it a chance for maybe two three months and see what happens. You know. Yeah. And if, I, and if it's, I they're going to do anything. Some, I have some nerve issues, and so I bought some CBD from. Uh, Theor theoretically reputable place. That's the other issue. Uh, is this stuff is yep. like it's like uh, vitamins and stuff. It's not really well measured, so it's hard to, you know, you have to trust the vendor yeah. that you're getting it from. Um, and I found that the the smell and the um, like, if I the I would like burp and get the smell and the taste of this. it was so horrifying to me that I just I can't stand it. Uh. That's that's true. Uh, the straight stuff uh, is not yeah. good to anybody. It, it, yeah. Uh, but but uh, I took capsules. Right. I month. did too. I bought I bought and, uh, gel cap and the liquid, and I tried putting the drops into a drink, and I, and I couldn't drink it almost. And then the capsules well, I took, but then I would like like it would have an aftertaste. It w I would taste it like in a burp or something. I I don't know how to explain it, but it was just it. Yeah, I just. I didn't like it at all. Well, I took I took those with food, and I didn't notice a problem. I didn't have a problem with the capsules, but I ran out of them, and then I and I had this stuff, and I didn't take it for a while because it was the drops, and I didn't know what to do with it. And yeah. so finally, I was reading about it, and it turns out that what I have is peppermint flavored, and so I bought some chocolate pudding, and chocolate peppermint is really good. Ah, uh, so you're, just, you're burying it in the food. So that's maybe what yeah. I need to do if I'm going to do it is or try it is to uh, is just make sure that I'm not doing yeah. it. You know, like I would put it in in just uh, I've got one of those Soda Stream fizzy water things. You know, and a few drops yeah. in that, and just like that, there's not enough taste there to bury it. You know, it was like, uh, uh nope, don't like this. Well, well, some of them you can't buy flavored, and others you can. But of all right. they've done is they've mixed the oils. You know, a little sure. bit of peppermint oil with the with and the peppermint's CBD a very oil, strong, you know? Peppermint's a very you know. strong, uh, uh, you know, scent right. and taste, and so that... And and anyway, I, I found that really pleasant. I enjoy taking it now. Of course, I like chocolate pudding, too. I try right. not to eat too much of it, but <laughs> it's still, in order to... I It actually, uh, 30 drops is what it calls for per day, wow. which is like a, a dropper full, almost, not full, yeah. but maybe 30 drops three quarters is a good or, number of drops, though. Yeah. So anyway, uh, says yeah, I've read a number of places. You know, basically dose it as it's as indicated. Right. On well, whatever and, product and, you and buy. different. Yeah, different capsules and different oils have different strengths of of oil as well. 
And so, yeah, the dosing, you know, is based on, on the strength of that particular package. Yep. But again, there's no, like, set rules as to what the dosing should or shouldn't be because this is an unregulated area. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, I, I find that kind of interesting, and I'm hopeful that, that I'll get some result. But uh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, it seems to, there seems to be a pr- pretty good number of people out there that uh, are getting relief from it, and, and significant. You know? Yeah, I've heard testimonials uh, from people, too, both online and um, some parents on my swim team back pre-COVID had said, hey, it was like, you know, new world for one of them. It's just a huge difference. Yeah. I, in the short time I used it, I didn't see that much of a change. But again, I found it, like I said, I, I just, my the, the, the smell slash taste was so revolting to me that I, I had a hard time with it. But that's just me. Yeah. Well, I just followed the directions, which basically said take it with food, and yeah. so just didn't uh, didn't affect me that way. But so yeah. Anyway, we're gonna try. Hopefully, it'll give you some uh, give you some relief. What was that? Yeah, uh, that is a, a chime, uh, a bell that rings as a notifier that I find quite pleasant. It's just in one of my church apps. And it's ah, a church bell. Gotcha. You know? And so I think it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, I set up they, an automation through um, through HomeKit. And I have a motion sensor that's out on my front patio. And when anybody comes through the front gate before they get to the front door, they trigger the motion sensor. And it automatically then on all my home pods, which I have one here in my shack and two in the house, I'll, I'll make a ding-dong sound. Ah. And so... And it's just one time. It'll go bing bong. And uh, yeah. that just tells you, hey, somebody is coming to the front door or is at the front door, uh, whether they, you know, hit the button or knock or not. You know, I just know there's somebody yeah. out there now. Um, and I can either check with, the, I've got, you know, security cameras. I can quickly check the security camera feed and see if somebody's there, if they've deposited a package. Because that seems to be most of the time we have people coming to the front doors. They're leaving the package for something, yeah. you know. Um, you, you know, you know, I... I have some really nice bell sounds. And in mm-hmm. fact, the best I have is uh, when I was in Portugal uh, last uh, three, four years ago now, I guess. It seems time flying, 2015. Uh, they, uh, I was, there was this big plaza out in front of a basilica, and they'd ring these bells, you know, at, on the hour. And uh, I, whenever I happened to be out there, uh, I tried to get my phone out. I couldn't do that very quickly. But one day I had my camera. I'd taken that with me, my Sony uh, video camera. And so as soon as the bell started to chime, I grabbed my video camera and pressed the button. And so I have this beautiful ongoing bells that mm-hmm. I, and it's got the kind of a, that, that plaza was kind of like an echo chamber. Yeah. And I tell you, I've never heard bells so beautiful as there. And uh, so while it's while I'm listening to the bells, I'm scanning the plaza, which also is kind of pleasant because, you know, there's a lot of different things around there. And, sure. And uh, I can describe those. And and I just love it. And they had processions in the evening also uh, throughout the plaza. And in addition to the bells that would come up on the hour uh, was the organ uh, that was playing throughout the procession and people singing uh, that kind of echoed around the plaza. And I was really had my video camera on mostly for the sound. 
-hmm. because I found that is something that takes me right back there if I only listen to the music or the, the bell sounds because it just puts me in a place that no place else have I been on this earth that sounded so wonderful as that. It's, it's kind of like the angels welcoming you to heaven, you know, it's just mm -hmm. one of those things. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm real sensitive to sounds and, and things like that. One time I thought the elevator music was so great. I hated to get off the elevator. <laughs> the well, door, that's not the something you hear often. I know that that's, that, but I'll never forget it. I, you know, and it, it's a song that uh, I hadn't heard in a long time, and then I forgot what the song was. That was the disgusting thing, is that I was going to remember and write it down, and I didn't. But I, uh, I'm still looking for it. I don't know what that song was. You need to do a back but tap. But it hurt. Set up a back tap button that launches Shazam. Remember how we talked yeah. about that, where you can, um, I've got my phone set up so that if I take my finger that's on the back of the phone and tap twice, it automatically launches Shazam and starts listening. And so anytime I hear anything, I pick up my phone and double tap the back of it, and it starts listening, and then it'll pop up and tell me what that is. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I'll yeah. have to do that. Because Shazam to... is something okay. you want to get to quickly, and I don't even have to, you know, as long as my phone's unlocked, I can, I can double tap on the back of it, and I get Shazam. And, uh, By the way, I, and, and if I triple tap, I get the remote app so that I can uh, uh, run my Apple TV. So, like, if I instead of finding the remote that's always lost and doesn't have a U, U1 chip in it because Apple's an idiot, I can double or triple tap my phone and use that as my remote. Speak, speaking of unlocking your phone, I was so excited to get the new upgrade. That's happened since we talked last, right? Right. So, yeah. all our devices. Uh -huh. And so, man, I got that sucker in here and I checked the, so that I had my watch settings and all that just absolutely right so that when I had a mask on my face that mm -hmm. it would open my phone you know yeah and lo and behold the first time I went to use it when I needed it most uh, you know to open the phone uh, I was in church and we had to wear our masks there right and I pop it up because I wanted to get the readings because I don't hear very well if I right. can't read something I don't, so get, want, I don't know what's going on. You want to read on. along, right? Yeah. So right, you say the first right. time you needed it. You mean when you set it up, you didn't test it? I, of course I did. Multiple times. It was working. Uh-huh. And now, and then then when I really wanted to use it, it didn't work. So now I have to go back. I haven't done it yet. But I have to go back and figure out what the heck's going on and why it's not working. But, boy, was I excited to get it working and then so disappointed when here I am really wanting it and it didn't work. So I, of course I went back and did the tap in thing to get in anyway. Right. But it was just disgusting. Just disgusting. That's funny. Cause I, so it doesn't I, work. I turned mine on and it, and it's worked fine for me every time I've used it, uh, at swim meets when I had Is to get right? into it, at the grocery store for me, it took what was, uh, like my best phone, the best Apple phone I've ever had. The best phone I ever had was my Apple phone seven. I had the Apple iPhone yeah. seven pro, uh, Max. So I had the big one. Loved that phone. But at the when I was get, as as time was winding down, it was like I'm tired of carrying this bigger phone. So when I went to the when I upgraded from the seven to the eleven, I decided not to get the Max anymore. I got the regular iPhone, but I got the Pro, the iPhone Pro. And uh, and I and initially I would have said, yeah, this is going to be my favorite phone ever. But then COVID hit, and it's been a pain 
I hate that, that there's no alternative to face ID on it. Um, and so, um, you know, it's certainly not something you can blame Apple for, but boy, they should have left touch ID on the phone, either in the, on the power button, like they, they have the power button on the, um, on the, on yeah. the iPad air, uh, or if, you know, if the, or under the screen, I know they were trying to get that technology working. And if you can't get the technology under the screen working, then by golly, make the power button touch, touch ID so you can have touch ID and, or face ID. But the, um. But that said, once once I was able to do this, uh, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, why did Apple wait so long to get that out? I would have pushed that feature out in a in a point update rather than waiting until the next you know major point update. Because uh, I mean, they talked about it, and it was in that beta for months before it was finally released. Uh-huh. It was like, man, yeah. that changed changed my world, <laughs> and I, and I haven't had any trouble with it. I think one time it hasn't it hasn't opened up when I thought it should, when I had my mask on, but I had the issue too. Like when I'm outside coaching, I sometimes have sunglasses on. And if you have polarized sunglasses, it can't see your eyes and it will, uh, you know, if you have, if, if your glasses are not polarized, it doesn't seem to bother it. But if you have polarized sunglasses on, then face ID, even before COVID didn't work. Well, that that's a thought because I do have polarized glasses. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I would have thought that as long as I had been in church and I don't know, 10 minutes or something that the polarization thing should have disappeared because I'm out of the sun. Okay. You know? That's that. That's not polarization. Your, your glasses get darker. You have the transitions glasses. Polarizing that's isn't right. something polarizing. Isn't something that gets lighter or darker. It has to do with direction of light and how it travels. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's separate from darkening. And, and dark glasses are and, not supposed to bother it. It's supposed to be able to go through dark glasses. Oh, well, let me explain what I think happens. Uh, have you ever worn a different mask? Oh, yeah. Different color, shape, sizes? Does yeah. it work in a different colors, all of them? I haven't gone through an experiment to try multiple masks with that function, but I have I have had different masks on. But generally, well, I use there's one mask that I like to use because it fits my face the best. Well, I, I do know that when I set it up, that I used a different mask that I have not used since. Okay? And so I'm thinking i got to go reset it up with the mask I most often use. That's a possibility. That's my first thought. Okay? Because it may have taken a picture of me that it's using as my face facial comparison now, and and it's, it expects to see that kind of a mask that looks like that the ones that I normally use. Yeah. You know? That's possible, and, although I, I thought that, you know, it would be basically ignoring the space that was covered with the mask and just use the, you know, the what it can see above the mask, like your eyes and the distance and separation of your eyes and, you know, the size and shape of your eye sockets and that kind of information. Uh, that's what I, I thought. I would assume I, that the I, mask not, would know. be irrelevant because you would I would guess that there's a lot of people who have more than one mask or use different masks and that, that shouldn't be. An issue, but see nobody ex- nobody explained that in the setup or anything that you got to use the same kind of mask or you know so so yeah. therefore I wouldn't assume that that would have been the the, the case but yeah you never well, know and, and yeah we I'm don't know to... that it is because neither of us have really tested it to to feel that way you know I haven't to be honest I mean it's I haven't gone looking for them but I haven't seen any chatter online or talks about the uh you know mask slash watch unlocking having issues um Mm -hmm. 
Well, I, I had a big issue. <laughs> yeah, so, well, and I will I'll, say that, that it, it, it mine has not been 100%. I have had at least one instance where it didn't it didn't wake up properly and I had to put the pin codes in, which if that were the only way to unlock it, I would say is unacceptable. But since I can type in the pin code, and most of the time I don't have to type in the pin code, that's a uh, a big step forward. Yeah. Yep. Well, I wouldn't have minded it if I was, you know, in a store or something, you know, shopping around and went to look at my grocery list or whatever. Uh, then uh, one time to have to punch it in, that that would be like you say, acceptable, but that, that wasn't the case. I, I'm at a point where I need it, and I need it in a hurry, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it didn't work. So, yeah, anyway. I, I'm looking here to see if uh, if there's something going on. You know, like some people say, well, if you're having problems, restart the watch. Uh, let's see. Can't unlock. Another uh, one unlock. Double check you have the settings correct for the feature to work. The problem is, is not that the problem is that it's not working. It's that it worked and then it didn't work, that it's intermittent, right? Because, I mean, clearly it worked. Oh, you know? oh now another one, and another one could be that Bluetooth was not on. It, therefore, it can't still communicate with the watch. You know, yeah, that's true. when I had it working, if, and I do turn Bluetooth off occasionally. Uh-huh. Okay. Because otherwise, if, uh, if I'm with somebody and I want them to hear, like uh, a phone call comes in and I, and I want to put it on speakerphone, well, my right. way of turning off my hearing aids is turn Bluetooth off. Right. And it'll still come out speakerphone just fine. Well, yeah. that's a possibility. Do you know for a fact that when you were sitting in church that you didn't have Bluetooth turned off? I don't know that. Yeah. Because if, if that's something you toggle back and forth regularly, you're not always sure what the state is, right? Right, right. But at the time, I was in a hurry, so I didn't think about diagnosing yeah. every. Yeah, because I'm, I'm looking at here's that's yeah. actually one of the things that they're talking about in terms of troubleshooting is check your Bluetooth, make sure that the two devices are paired properly and that they're communicating. Because if they're not, then it's not going to work. So. Yeah, it's more likely the Bluetooth issue than than anything. Yeah, that sounds like but, it. Then. But I don't. You, know. you may have you may have troubleshot it. That said, like I said, I I don't turn my Bluetooth on and off regularly. I leave it on virtually all the time, and I had at least one instance where it didn't unlock it, and so I was then presented with the pin code, and so I then typed that in. You know, and there doesn't seem to be a once the screen pops up and says, "Okay, here's your pin code," because we didn't identify you. There's no way of saying like, "Try it again." It's like, okay, then you just, the only way to get in at that point is type in your pin code. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it'll, it'll try to unlock, and if it can't, then it gives you the pin code as your backup, right? I, it'd be nice if there was something on the screen that said, no, try try the other way. <laughs> I don't really want to type the pin code in. You know, a one-button tap just says retry. Because um, you would think most of the time, if it didn't do it the first time, it might catch it on the second. I don't know. I still have some weird things happening with my watch every once in a while. Like I, to this day, have not successfully been able to use Apple Pay from my watch. Really? Yeah. Oh, I do it all the time. I know you do. I use it on my phone, but I've never been able to get it to work on my watch. Every time I've tried, the watch just never recognizes there's an NFC thing there. And yet it says, if I go to the um, to the app, it says says that I'm okay, that I'm good to go. You know, if I go to the wallet... 
now. Well, there's, there's, there's too many ways to, like just little things, like this Bluetooth issue that that's possibly my problem, uh, for the operator to think about all of the things that are going wrong that you might, you know, enable or disable some feature. Uh, so it's, that's, that's yeah. one of the problems of uh, complex systems. Right. You know, anyway, uh, did, uh, uh, did you have any interest in, uh, and did you follow the, uh, Apple reporting on financials this last week? Oh, just peripherally and that I, you know, heard and read briefly that, that, you know, they had like a record. Yeah, record it, was, it was pretty, pretty expected. Uh, so even at that, but, though, it was beyond what the, the most of the street had predicted. So, yeah, it was, um, you know, they've done well. And but they're not the only one. A lot of tech companies, especially uh, hardware manufacturing companies, hardware, hardware tech companies have done very well during COVID because a lot of people suddenly said, oh, gosh, I need a computer at home. Then a new one right. that works. You know, the old one that we've had there for five years isn't going to cut it when I have to work on it every day. I need a better, better device. So I think a lot of device manufacturers saw sales increase yep uh but they they had kind of also indicated you know where their business is coming from and what 60 percent over 60 percent of it's outside of this country yeah and so the the big issue that a lot of people are worried about is uh uh, china and and what might happen if the political tensions get out of hand there right uh I don't well, know. Apple, Apple has been been angling to move a lot of their manufacturing to, or at least parallel their manufacturing in other places, because they're selling so much. They need to expand manufacturing anyway. But so, but the real big the real big issue is Taiwan, the biggest issue in the world. Yeah, because if, if China decides to do something about that, I mean that's that's going to just wipe out Apple. Yep, it's going to hurt. There the goes their time. production. Yeah, I mean there's. There's only three places in the world that really make chips in any big way at the present time, and Intel's behind all of them. I don't know if you saw it. was on 60 Minutes the other night. The Intel guy is talking about how they fell behind. Yeah. And TSMC is clearly eating the, everybody's pie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, Taiwan and, Semiconductor and, is what TSMC stands for. Right. Um, Taiwan Semiconductor <laughs> Manufacturing Company, TSMC. And, and they, they are the world standard right now. And, and they are, of course, uh, really getting uh, uh, mainland China's attention as to the, the business they're, you know, generating. I mean, and, and let's face it, Ch- uh, Red China has already done Hong Kong in early. They didn't yeah. agree. You know, there was an agreement as to how that was going to work, and they've already conquered them. Yeah. And and they're showing threatening signs of coming after Taiwan now. Yeah. I mean, get seriously. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, the question is, what will our reaction be and will it make any difference? Yeah, they've been posturing for a long time uh, in terms of, of you know, and their their language has always been that Taiwan is is not Taiwan. Taiwan is just a, a precinct of China and and we will reunite them. And that's been their attitude for years, you know, yeah. and uh, and they've thrown their weight around in the U.N. and other places in order to make sure that Taiwan wasn't recognized by other people in any, you know, major way, you know, basically they've been playing the long game. And at some point they're going to say, okay, we've waited long enough. Uh, Yeah. We're, we're taking you back now. 
Well, you see, it's it's not just electronics that affects it. It's the entire automobile businesses throughout the world that are also dependent on Taiwan. Oh, yeah. They, they have a, a global uh, control, monopoly almost, on a lot of parts for two major industries. Mm-hmm. You know, well, the more electronics than that. and the automobile. More than that. I mean, the automobile is largely because of the electronics in the automobile, but... Uh, what people don't realize, or maybe they do realize, but, you know, yeah, when we say there's a, a shortage of computer chips, that's controller chips, chips that go into your refrigerator, into your microwave, into your car, right. into your home lighting systems. I mean, it's it's a Everywhere. lot of what a lot of the modern conveniences are now controlled by computers and the chips that, that make up those computers come to a large extent from Taiwan and largely from one company. Right. And, you know, and how the world got themselves into this single position is, is you know, it's, I mean, comically bad, I guess is the word, well, the best phrase I, I can think of. You know, the, the thing about it is, is that what I don't understand is back when I was still working, uh, of course, I was always been in electronics, mm-hmm. but I was always totally aware, uh, especially because I had connection with the Air Force and was also Air Force retired, of the business of t- having critical things identified as have, you have to buy American. There's just yeah. no way you should ever do anything other than that, which it sounds like that went away. But the procurement regulations for government purchases even, uh, yeah. every time I had, I had a lot to do with different government contracts, and uh, they always had the buy American requirement. Yeah. But somebody somehow was started violating that and, and yeah. uh, that's the only way this can happen yeah well I think you know and, I mean we're, we're talking about private industries right now but you're talking about government um, I think that part of the issue has become that some of the manufacturing capabilities don't exist anywhere else so if you want that that's where you have to go yeah you know I mean you may well, want to buy American but there is no American source for it None. yeah that's why that's why uh, clear back in the Obama administration Tim Cook told Obama, no, no way. They can't. They're not leaving uh, their Chinese support there. Yeah, just isn't, isn't going to happen. Yeah. Well, and 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 you know, there's been efforts to incentivize American businesses uh, to build here, and and to and, and to that end, uh, TSMC has even committed to building plants and manufacturing facilities here. You know, so yeah. that and and I think the U.S. has said, okay, well, that's a a good enough step because in an emergency we can nationalize those production lines if we have to. Um, not that we plan on it, but you know, if it's owned by Taiwan and suddenly Taiwan now is part of China again, we can very quickly say, okay, fine. You know, you're now these, under new new boss, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> at, at least the stuff that's being built here will be available here. Uh, you know, Apple is in, I mean, of all, you know, there, it's not a good situation when there's, because there's been, you know, they're predicting chip shortages for the next two and a half, three years uh, because of some factory issues worldwide. But a lot of the production that is ongoing is already contracted to Apple because of their size and their, their, uh, the amount of money That's they right. have. They've signed contracts. So like a lot of what TSMC is building, they're building for Apple, which means that you know, you may not get that computer chip in your refrigerator or your car, or but by golly, you'll be able to buy your iPad. Yep, yep. Well, that, that's why Ford Motor Company is claiming 
you know, is compl complaining because they they don't can't prioritize uh, their their business uh, is yeah. not as big as what Apple does. Yeah, there. Yeah, there, there was some complaints saying that Apple's behaving unfairly, and Apple's like, "We were just thinking ahead, and we tied up these contracts way in advance. Not our fault. You guys just decided this week that you want computer chips." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, well, that's you know, I mean, a lot of the complaints about Apple uh, from like the um, the gaming company that does Fortnite and stuff, a lot of it, I think, is is just sour grapes. I mean, granted. There are some times when big companies like Apple do things that I think are leveraging their size to the disadvantage of the little guy, and they should be stopped from doing that. But sometimes it's just, hey, we thought about this a long time before you did, and so we were ready for it. It's not my fault that you didn't, you know, that you built your house out of straw and I built my house out of bricks. Yeah. Well, it's 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 also connected to all business though and relationship with governments. It's like this big EU blowout uh, thing uh, regarding, uh, you know, Spotify and the cost of doing business uh, with Apple and the App Store. Right. You know, uh, I mean, that's that's a big deal now. Suddenly, basically, did you you see that the streaming uh, or the penalty maximum penalty is up to 10 percent of Apple's global annual turnover, what could amount to a multi-billion dollar fine? Yeah. So it's no small change here. And and I think that they're angry about lots of things and it but it comes out that way, you know. Yeah. And at some some point there's a good chance Apple's going to lose billions uh in, in, all over trivia kinds of things, but it's really a culmination of a lot when when you really factor in government governmental feelings toward the company and all of that. This yeah. is really bad press. Really it is, but I think that there's, you know, a lot of that stuff, much like the, the anti-Microsoft uh, stuff of the 80s and 90s, ends up boiling down to not that much. Yeah. You know, they, the lawyers will continue to give them talking points so that they'll feel like they were able to make their point, but the actual end effect for Apple is not going to be catastrophic in any way, shape, or form. You know, I mean, the same same things going on with the folks that make the uh, the little tile trackers. You know, they're also suing Apple. Yeah. Uh, and Apple basically is saying, well, you know, you you don't like the way we're doing this, but we have an open platform that you can now sign up to be part of. And then you can use your tiles inside of our find my app if you want. And you can continue to sell and use the same underlying technology that we use if you want to. It's up to you. Yeah. You know, yeah. you chose. You have so far chosen not to. Instead, you've chosen to go to court and complain. Yep. Well, Apple's not dumb. They know how to run, do their business. Yeah. 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 Now, is Apple basically moving in on and trying and and you know putting Tile in a really bad spot? Absolutely. Yep. You know, and there's lots of software vendors who have said, you know, hey, I had this cool idea, and it worked for about a year or two, and then Apple built it into the operating system, and now I'm out of business. That's true with all major companies. In fact, I remember clear back when I was writing lots of software and there was some really neat stuff in the, uh, uh, what they call that, uh, home brew market. Uh, yeah. You go buy markets to buy software. People had great ideas and stuff. And pretty soon you started, you started seeing a lot of them disappear and appear as functional features in some Apple product. Right. I'm sorry, uh, uh, 
Microsoft product. Microsoft at that time, yeah, you know? Microsoft would do that, and and Apple yeah. does it. All the, you know, I mean, they all do it. Well, they all Big do it, and if there's yeah, and if there's a good idea, they'll you know, there's a reason that that if you're a small company, uh, it behooves you to get lawyers involved if you have a good idea pretty early. Um, oh yeah. You know, because that way, when they try to basically clone what you're doing, you're somewhat protected and you can at least go fight them. Now, the thing is, is and this is where I think that they they do behave as evil, evil empires is when they say, OK, well, fine, we've got for all intents and purposes, unlimited pockets and we'll just tie you up in court forever because you yeah, can't afford to fight us. And that's that's, that's not right. That's evil and that's wrong. But you know yeah. what? If 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 I come up with a brand new idea that's really cool and you and 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 you decide to copy it, then you owe me some some money for that. And and you know the the the, the discussion shouldn't shouldn't be whether or not you do. It should be how much once you prove that you the idea was yours. Yep. You know and and you know the big companies who say well, it's cheaper for us to just you know tie you up in court with attorneys than it is for us to pay you off. So that's what we're going to do. That's when you've they've crossed the line. Anyway, uh, enough on the, on the politics and whatever of today. Yeah. I wanted to bring up one last thing, and I think we're starting to run out of time here. Uh, and that is, uh, I see now it's easy to install Mac or Windows on the M1 Macs. Oh, yeah? You see that? No, yeah. I hadn't. Oh, Parallels Desktop 16 for Mac. I, I knew that Parallels was working on it. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't surprise me that they got there. Yep, that's you know. the way to do it. And, and I, if, you, if you only. really need, if you really need to run Windows, I remember when um, uh, for years there was one app that I needed to run because it was the only way I could create entries for swim meets, uh, and the app was built on on uh, Microsoft's database, um, the Access database, and so I had to have Windows. I had to, I, so I always kept a Windows machine. Or at least a version of Windows running in parallels, so I could do that one function. And yep. uh, I eventually replaced it with just a web solution, so it didn't matter what my computer was. And then I was able to get rid of running parallels and just run the Mac OS. But uh, yeah. Any, anyway, so you can you can tell all your friends to buy M1 Macs, and you you can you can do the Windows thing if you have to. Yeah, yeah. If you have to, not oh. if you want to. If you have to. <laughs> if you want, if you want to, then you're buying the wrong computer to start with. But uh, that's right. <laughs> ironically, maybe not, right? Because you'll probably still get better, uh, a- as good a pro- uh, processor speed, and maybe more, and definitely better battery life, even running parallels. Yeah, yeah th- this doesn't say anything about performances yet, but yeah. you know, it'll get some, it'll, it'll be out next. Yeah. So. Well, if they, if they're able to create uh, uh, a traditional Intel. Apple or Intel apps running on on an M1 Mac at at a speed faster than the Intel Macs could. They can probably do something very similar with the Windows machines as well. Yeah. Anyway, this is a nine to five article. So if you're or nine to five Mac, you know that's a magazine. Yeah. Well, you said one last thing, but actually, I thought that you were going to bring up something else. So I'll bring it up because you and I had talked about it. And no surprise, Apple's M2 chip has apparently already entered production, and they think that it'll yep. be shipping as soon as July, so probably right after WWDC when they will announce some new, more advanced hardware 
And, you know, whether they end up calling it, I mean, they're calling it W2 in this chip or M2 rather, but it may not end up being the M2. It may end up being, you know, the M1X or the M10 or whatever, but it, it, it you know, what, how, whatever naming they decide to use, uh, the next generation yep. of their chip is basically in production and, uh, we expect to see it by mid-year. And and, it, and it, the article that I read kind of almost implies that the memory will size will grow and a few other things like that. You know, yeah, but, some uh, of the knocks against the current M1, or you know, the limit of 16 gigabytes of memory, uh, and the and the limitation on the number of available ports. And I think yeah, those will, right. uh, clearly those are two things that they will address for the more I'm air quoting here professional machines. So we're going to just see, continue to see evolution of the Mac or the of the uh, Apple uh, silicon. Yeah, yeah, that architecture. Generic going, way of talking about it. Yeah, they're going to advance that architecture as they uh, add capabilities and function to it. I, one thing that I think will be interesting will be um, what do they do and how will they handle its ability to handle graphics. Because currently they're they're again professional air quotes professional um, devices have external graphics to what Intel was selling right so they would have um, the AMD graphics processors in them and so it'll be interesting to see whether they continue to use external graphics or if they uh, further expand and how they further expand the uh the built-in graphics within the chips which is what i expect them to do i don't expect them to support amd graphics anymore i think they're going to just say by the way i did see an article already that indicates that they are going to for some time as yet undetermined to they're going to continue to support those other graphics things i didn't i wasn't really into it so i didn't really read the article enough to explain it but but they will extend the that capability for some users. And I think it was on the pros, the Macs. Yeah. Think, uh, well, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, their, their general rule of thumb in the past, if you buy an Apple computer, it will be available and can update. In fact, most Apple devices can update to the latest version of software. And they usually go back uh, somewhere between seven and eight years. And so, yeah. you know, if you bought an Intel Mac today, because they're still selling them today, uh, you should be able to expect that that's going to continue to get support for seven or eight years. Um, yeah. And if they're supporting those for seven or eight years, there's no reason that they shouldn't also support uh, an M1-based Mac that could run those same graphics processors if you wanted them to for a specific reason. And that makes a lot of sense, especially for the Mac Pros, because you know the integrated graphics stuff can be incredibly fast, but if you're doing something that is very specific that uses that you know that architecture um if you're you know if you're really doing like 8k video editing dedicated hardware for graphics makes sense and you know for that solution then it makes sense that you don't use the integrated i mean integrated graphics can be wonderful and they can do you know be be the right solution for 95 percent of the problems but there's still that five percent right and 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 apple has always uh, well, they did a bit. I shouldn't say always because they kind of fell off for a while. But but traditionally, they you know, they have really courted that 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 high end user that works in creative endeavors, you know, whether it be musicians or or uh, movie makers or, you know, TV producers. 
and they have very specific needs that are different than you and I's, you know, and that's fine. You know, yep. most of us aren't, don't need the, the $30,000 computer with the super, super high end, you know, multiple super high end graphics cards because we're not, you know, vis- we're not doing, you know, multiple edits and takes of different timelines of 8K video. Um, and if that's what you do, then you need a computer that does that. So right. makes a lot of sense. I, I, I can see, you know, them still. But for the for the for the average Joe, the computer that you buy, uh, that's not going to be even available to you. You know, like like they have traditionally on their on their 16 inch or their 15 inch MacBook Pros had an AMD yeah. chip in there to run the graphics. And I think they're going to say, no, we're going to put good enough graphics in the M1 or M2 that we don't need that AMD chip there anymore. It's only going to be available right. in, in the computer that you put cards into, and that's specific for those that small percentage of people who really need that kind of specific power that is unique to their use case. And the rest of us yep. are going to live with the built-in, and we're all going to go, this is the fastest computer I've ever had. <laughs> you know, we're not going to miss it <laughs> one, one bit. You know, And because yeah. it's all integrated, it's going to be much more power efficient, so our batteries will last longer, and we're all going to be happy campers. As long as we're willing to part yep. with a couple thousand dollars to buy it, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's it's the bottom all about line. The bottom line. It, that's the bottom line. Is Apple's like, well, if you're willing to give us a few thousand dollars, we're going to give you a fantastic computer, and maybe we'll actually put a U1 chip in it so you can find the stupid thing when you lose it. But maybe not. We don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not letting go of that. Them not putting the stupid U chip in the remote is just, oh, that is like a burr under my skin. It makes me mad. But yeah, yeah, c'est la vie. So. All right. Anyway, you didn't ask uh, me. You didn't ask me if I was getting a new Apple TV or if I was going to buy the new remote. <laughs> After that burr under my skin and complaining and hating it, I, I, I ordered one of the new remotes. Oh, you did? Yes, because I hate the old remote <laughs> even more than I hate the fact that they didn't quite get the new remote right. So I ordered one of the yeah, new remotes. Well, I'll see how it works. Frankly, I, I'm sitting here with an iPad in my hand most of the time, and I've got that little built-in remote software yeah, the remote version app. that I can just, yeah, just pop it down uh, on the screen and, and control it. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't have, care about another yeah. another piece of mechanical crap because they can update this, this yes it'll uh, fall down app. between your couch and you can't find it because it doesn't have a u1 chip in it <laughs> that's right and, and and i've never seen this one slip off my screen yet it's hanging in there <laughs> yeah yeah well and and that's why i said you know on my phone the tap back thing i have the double tap means brings up uh shazam so i can find out what the name of a song is that i'm listening to if i triple tap it brings up the remote app so if i triple tap the back of my phone uh, suddenly i have a a giant touch remote. So, so why did you buy a remote? Because I wanted, I, I wanted to be able to talk about it firsthand when I get it. It won't show up till like the first week of uh, June. Because Friday when that stuff was available, I was busy getting ready for swim meet and going coaching. And so I couldn't order it early. So I didn't order it till Friday night. So I guess the first, uh, or, second, first or second week of June, it's supposed to show up. And, you know, when, if it shows up and I don't, don't decide I don't like it, you know, Apple always gives you like 30 days to send it back. So if, if, yeah. I, if I get it well, and go, go yuck, I guess I'll turn around and send it back home. I, I, I've been thinking about the computer thing, and, 
because I'm now a iPad guy more than a computer guy, uh, I, I do want to replace my Mini. I'm just likely to, when, if there's a good sale going on on the M1 Mini, I just might get that. Yeah. Honestly, you that's know? the computer for me, too. I have a big screen. I have a big 4K screen in my office. I don't have any desire to to replace it with you know a, uh, an iMac. I'm running off of a, uh, a Mini right now. Um, and I have a mini, a 2012 mini that can't be updated anymore that runs as my, that's little, the problem with mine is my little home that's, server. That's whole, yeah. And so, um, I would like to take the Intel based mini that I have now and turn that into my new home server and then, uh, and then use a, uh, an M one for my day to day. So at some point that's probably what I'll look at doing, but I'm with you. I'm not in a big rush. But it's it's like if I you know if I see it, somebody has it discounted as the deal as the M2 version chips come out the M1s might go on sale places you know Apple won't sell it on sale but other people yeah. might you know Best Buy sometimes right. marks things down so yeah you're right that, that's exactly the way I was thinking is with, with that new chip coming out eh, drop drop the mini a little bit and yeah get, you know hook me I, I'm waiting to be hooked. Yeah, it's like, you know, for, for a basic desktop machine, I don't know that I need any more than the 16 gigabytes that it, it already provides for memory. Um, and, right. and, in fact, the machine that I'm using, the Intel machine, had 16 gig on it for a long time. That's how I bought it. Um, uh, I You know, now that machine, you, could, you couldn't update the storage, but you could update the memory. And so I bought some, you know, third-party memory and upgraded it to its max a while ago. But yeah. honestly, if I were getting, I could get by with 16 just fine for, you know, because I mean, when I'm for my desktop machine, I'm mostly doing, you know, word processing and browsing and spreadsheeting. And that's plenty. Yeah. You know, and I'm not one of those people who, when you look at my computer, I have 300 tabs open. You know? Yeah. I yeah, come I walking by my wife and on her uh, computer, she, uh, she has so many browser tabs that they can't even display <laughs> what the words are. They're all, there's thousands of them. And then she oh. wonders why her computer's running slow. And I'm like, well, first of all, you're running Chrome. And second of all, you have enough tabs open to, you know, that if, if you had a dollar for every tab, we'd be rich. Stroke a horse, right? <laughs> yeah. But, you know. I, I, and, I'm, bet, I'm betting that you could go ask just about any guy's, uh, computer guy's wife uh, about how many tabs she has open, and they'll say the same thing. Probably. I think yeah. so. It's just it's yeah. just the way it is, and and if you're not a computer guy, you wouldn't even care. Right. Like, well, in fact, it's like it, whether it's the computer guy's wife or somebody who just lives in a household where there isn't a computer guy, that's how people use their machines. They just keep opening new things. They never close the old ones. Right. Um, and and it's just I don't know. It's my habit. I go and close everything. To, when I'm done at the end of the day, I don't have any apps running on my machine. All my tabs have been closed. All my apps have been shut down. You know, I I open it up. I shut it all back down. I, you know, and, and I will say that I, you know, I, I used to at least once a week reboot it. I don't know that I do that anymore. You know, back when I had windows, you had to reboot it semi-regularly. Um, on yeah. the Mac, Mac OS seems to be much less likely to get all polluted when it's running and you'd have to, you know, windows, you have to like reboot to get the memory flushed out and cleared. Cause it would be all kinds of like little, you know, memory files and I, stuff that I, would fill up. I only... I only do that when something's not quite working right now. I'm just getting suspicious. So I says, oh, heck, it hadn't been rebooted in a while. Let's do it now. Yeah, that's kind of my mood <laughs> yeah. mode now, too. 
you know, every once in a while, I'll just say, I haven't rowboated in a while, and for no reason at all, I'll do a reboot. But mostly, it's when something weird happens, you know, like it, it, it seems yep. to be loading slowly or or something. something's just not quite right. And you go like, well, let's just do it, you know, let's shut everything down and do a reboot. Uh, yep. But this whole, like, a jillion tabs open is bad. And then, and then I quite honestly, I feel the same way about um, – about Chrome as a browser. I will use it on occasion because there are some web pages that for whatever reason don't render very well in Safari and they'll render right in Chrome. But very often I will try Firefox before, before I even try Chrome because I just don't like the idea of Google having a browser because you know everything you do on that browser. Not only do you do it, but Google gets to see you do it because yep. that's Google's modus operandi. So I just don't use Chrome very much at all. I will admit, though, I launched Chrome the other day because I had to go do something that wouldn't work in, in Safari. And it's rare, but it comes. I do once in a while see it. And when I uh, did, I then just loaded another page just for fun. And boy, does it load some pages quick, especially the Google page. It pops it right up there. Huh? It's amazing how fast it loads its own pages. Um, it probably keeps that in the background so it doesn't even have to load it. Probably that's why it eats up so much memory and is such a memory hog is because it probably yeah. keeps its own pages all preloaded, right? Yeah, uh, that, that's a, that's its primary uh, functionality is yeah. to talk to Pr the web. Primary reason for being, right? Exactly. Yeah. Is, is to give you access to Google stuff. I bet it's I bet it's in a ROM there. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, not a ROM. It's not a it's not a Google device. Although I bet you on the Google devices, it probably is, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, on your Google phone? I mean, why wouldn't they hardwire it in so that everything that they do and sell works much better? Yeah. Wow. Or at least you know? pieces of it, if not the whole program. It... Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that they would have to be kind of silly not to, in fact, you know? Yeah. Um, but, so. yeah. Anywho, I don't use Google stuff. Hey. Anyway, you know, I'm I'm confident that there's a certain amount of stuff like that that is on the uh, M1 chip. Yeah, there, you know, there I, are there are these low-level library routines that everything uses that Apple has, and therefore it's just there. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't have to load and reload or even keep it in memory. It's just it's physically on the chip, right? Because it's part of the OS, and so why wouldn't we? Right. If there? you got if you if if you've got unused space on your chip. What better use can you have than just to have the stuff you use often there, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you control the development environment, you know, and so you know which libraries get called all the time, right? So let's just take those and streamline sure. them. I mean, again, it'd be, it'd be silly if they didn't. Right? Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, I hadn't even thought about that. I mean, they've talked about a lot of the other things about the architecture that make it faster. But you're right. There's a lot of, like, things that they can do that will make, you know, that's customized specifically you know, to their operating system since they control the whole the whole game. I, I, I thought that way because clear back when I was a designer, I said, what if someday we get to the point where we got chips small enough so that you have space that you don't know what to do with? What will you do with that? Mm-hmm. And that was that was my answer, you know. You take the the libraries and their use uh, data, uh, so that you can automatically pick out what pieces that you want to stick, you know, have available quickly and put them on there. You, nothing to to lose, everything to gain. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes sense. So. I mean, it's just, you know, and and if, you know, if 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 something you need is not there, then then you, you know, then you load it, right? But if it's there, right. you can speed a lot of things up. And if you know the things that are getting called regularly in your operating system, uh, then there's no reason not to put some of that stuff in hardware where it gets goes even faster. Yep. You know, as we're getting ready to shut down here, I was just kind of flipping around, and I found a link I just shared with you. The world's first electric station wagon. Uh, Porsche has apparently is is selling the Porsche Taycan Cross Turismo. Basically, it's a uh, uh, about a ninety thousand dollar electric station wagon that is also four wheel drive. <laughs> In case you got ninety thousand dollars laying around, you don't know what to do with it, and you want to buy an electric station wagon. Yeah, might as, well, yeah. might as well buy a Porsche electric station wagon. It's interesting in here though that they mentioned the Porsche nine twenty eight circa nine, which was introduced back in the seventies, because um, I have a Porsche nine twenty eight, and I have a book that talks about the car and its design functionality and how it came about, and in early design, um, early design features of the nine twenty eight. Were, was that it would have a hatchback and be basically a, a four-seat, like, station wagon-type vehicle. Now, they ended up not going that way and not making one of those. But if you look at the basic shape of this, it looks like it was just taken from those same design studies and kind of modernized to the newer type of, like, headlights and stuff. But other than that, it looks very much like what the uh, early design studies for the 928 were going to look like. It's funny. I flipped to a page in, in that article and immediately saw Jeeps. I said, what's going on? Oh, they're, they're ch- testing it in an off-road environment. And mm-hmm. they're talking about uh, it's threatened to scrape and stymie it beyond any reward I'm getting conquering these slopes. Anyway, the only other rigs I have seen up there are Jeeps. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Jeeps have their thing. Get them out in the wild. Yep. Yep, and, and I'm sure when he's talking about Jeeps, he's not talking about, like, Jeep vehicles. He's talking about the Jeep, the, the Wrangler, the the actual Jeep. Um, you well, because Jeep Wrangler, sells the Grand... Yeah, that's what I'm saying, so the Wrangler. But, but if somebody says Jeep, generally oh. that's what you think of is the what, what, we, what they call now call the Wrangler is the thing that actually looks like a Jeep. You know, the rest of right. it, they make a whole bunch of SUVs that are made by Jeep and have the Jeep brand name on them. Um and and they're right. very capable vehicles in their own in their own right. But but when somebody says the only thing up there was Jeeps, I'm guessing he's talking about the actual Wranglers, the Jeep, right? He's not yeah. talking. Well the, well, well, the ones that got the the high the big wheels and the, exactly, yeah, you know, they're they're raised up and designed made for it. Designed as yeah. off road vehicles from the get go. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you want to take your electric family station wagon up there that much, but hey. If you can do it, why not, right? <laughs> be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how things go in the next few years with electric cars. Yeah. I really read some total total negatives on all electric cars except uh, Tesla the other day, mostly because of the charging stations and the hassles and stuff that people have. Yeah. The, uh, the, the non, non-Tesla charging stations, apparently some of them are in dumps, actually. Yeah, so, garbage smells and, and all kinds of crap when you're charging yeah. your car. Yeah, you know, I can't imagine you know spending a hundred thousand dollars on one of these these uh, things and then have to go plug it in one of these crappy stations. Yeah, the 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 um, 
there are a lot of sort of public ones, utility ones that have been put out that are in bad. But there's also like Electrify America is a company that's put out stations, and they have stations that are very comparable to Tesla. And in fact, uh, Porsche and I think uh, the the newest Volkswagen, um, of course they're the same company nowadays. But there's several others now who have committed to doing uh, what they call an 800 volt systems, and they can go from from five uh, percent to eighty percent charge in under twenty minutes. And that's actually better than Tesla. And that there are, um, you know, they're building uh, at a rate, they said, of uh, they're going live with a rate of five new charging stations a day. Uh, or was it a week? It might have been a week in, in the U.S. And so there are, are companies out there who are creating that infrastructure. And part of that was funded by um, the fines that Volkswagen had to pay for them basically cheating on their diesel emissions. So, so yes, there are there there is not um, a single network that that uh, is the equivalent of Tesla's, but uh, uh, I just listened to a podcast this past weekend that there's a guy who owns a Tesla, and his Tesla was basically fender bendered while parked in a parking lot, so it's waiting for some body work. So they've been driving his wife's uh, BMW i3, which is BMW's a uh, little less expensive. Uh, electric car and as a result he's had to go to other charging stations and um, he said one of them was okay but the location wasn't as good as Tesla he said that's one thing that Tesla has done is usually their stations are near somewhere where you can go spend you know 20 or 30 minutes doing something and then come back to your car Um, and some of these other ones are you know at a gas station as opposed to say like near a mall and he said, you know, yeah. the idea of it being near a mall or at least by like a Starbucks or something so you can go do something for a while makes sense. But then he went to one of these and I called it, I think it was Electrify America was the brand. He said they not only charged faster than Tesla, but they were in really good location as well. So so Tesla doesn't have, own that industry completely, but certainly they have a head start on a lot of people. Yeah, that's, that's what this guy was saying. He says uh, it, it's going to be a while. Apparently, a lot of these other companies are waiting on Biden to spend our taxpayer dollars building power stations. Yeah, you know. Well, and you know I, he I will. He's apparently trying to spend. He's he's apparently trying to spend every penny that he can think of, not just the ones we have, but ones he can imagine. So that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and the thing I worry about is that it'll be poorly spent, like you like you were just talking about. Location, location, location is everything when it comes to waiting around for a charge that takes a while. But the other real problem with that is that we're not mature yet on knowing what kind of charging stations to build. If you get 800-volt systems versus 32-volt or whatever the others are, uh, you know, you've got to make decisions about this stuff. Five minutes and lunch will be ready. Whoops, lunch is on. (laughs) Sounds to me like we're done in five minutes or less. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's been good talking to you, Todd. Likewise. Yeah, so thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, You can catch the uh, podcast on any of your podcast apps. Just search for Generation Tech, and you can catch us at uh, at Wakanda Broadcasting. Uh, That's W-A-C-O-N-D-A Broadcasting.com, and you can check out this show and others. So we hope that you'll join us, and uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Okay.
Say la vie.